Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father who has created you, God the Son who redeems your life, and God the Holy Spirit who brings you into that one true faith. Amen. Dear Christian friends, there was a man who was at a restaurant, and he ordered his food, and his food came from the waiter, a rare steak. He says to the waiter, waiter, I said, well done, well done. And the waiter says to him, thank you, sir. Usually we don't get much appreciation. <laughs> Sometimes we just don't know who to thank. Or a more serious story, if you will, simply about a man who was lost in the woods. He's in this forest and he is walking around. He doesn't know his way out at all. It's getting close to dark and he's getting frightened at this point. He actually kneels down to pray. He's telling this story to a friend, and the friend says, well, what happened? You know, did, did God answer your prayer? And he said, well, no. I mean, before God had a chance to, a guide came along and showed me the way out. You see, sometimes we're like that blind man also. We don't realize the blessings that God gives to us. You know, we're, you're human beings, and you know, we get out of bed in the morning, and the sun may be shining there, the birds are twerping, uh, the flowers smell great, but eh, we just take it for granted and keep moving on. We go to work, and we grind out work there and so forth, making faces along the way, and all this pile of things that you have to do, and then you've got to face that traffic coming home, and why, my goodness, like two hours, it's ridiculous, the traffic on the expressway. How am I going to do that again, and I've got to do it again tomorrow, too? Always those kind of things. Then we complain about the lack of money we have, not realizing in the first place that we just spent more on entertainment last month then most people in the world get us income for a whole year. Yeah, where are we at in terms of our thanks? God blesses people. He does, and it is for us to be thankful to him. And our responses can go from, well, on the one hand, just being oblivious to all the things God does for us on the one hand, or maybe even worse, taking credit for all of those things that happen which are good in our personal worlds. See, we seem to be in the wrong place, never thanking our God, and yet what does it say in the Bible? Well, it says in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks to God in all, all circumstances. And yet, where are we? when it comes to all of that. And when we look at this gospel lesson, this very familiar gospel lesson, and this is a gospel lesson that, you know, if you're here on Thanksgiving Eve, you're going to hear this again because it always comes up on Thanksgiving. But every third year, it comes up on this week during the season of Pentecost. Maybe for the reason suggesting that, hey, we shouldn't be just thanking God on one day a year, but hey, why don't we thank him on October the 12th also, you know, on different days of the year, every day of the year. But the story is quite familiar. Jesus, his disciples, they are walking somewhere along the border of Samaria and Galilee. Two different cultures of people. They worship differently as well. And so they're walking there, and then all of a sudden, there's these ten leprous men 
who jump out and start pleading to Jesus from a distance, pleading for mercy. Jesus, keeping that distance, he says to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And off they run. They run to the priests. Yet one, one comes back, realizing he has been healed, thanks Jesus. He thanks him because of the great miraculous work that he has just done. Jesus, of course, is disappointed. Where are the nine? But here this one receives a very special promise regarding his salvation. This particular story is really quite interesting. Quite interesting because you and I, we are the ones who should see ourselves as being leprous. We are the ones that have the disease. And that disease of leprosy is really a picture of sin. Leprosy is a horrible, horrible disease. In today's world, it's, I think, called Hansen's disease. Some of you may, there you go, Hansen's disease. And it's not found much, a little bit in Africa, I understand, maybe. But you have this disease, which is really horrible. People get disfigured. There's a numbness that starts in your, in your hands and in your feet. Um, your, your complexion becomes white, and actually it becomes ulcerated. Your hands, your feet, your skin, everything becomes ulcerated. It's an ugly, ugly disease, and it really is physically disabilitating because your tendons, your muscles just waste away after a while. And so it's a horrible disease to have. That's the physical side of things. But there's also a very social side of things. Because someone who had this very terrible disease was cast off from society. You could not be with family. Family members could not minister to you. They couldn't be with you. They had to separate themselves from you. In fact, you had to actually stay, I think it was 50 yards away from people. If you saw somebody coming, like Jesus and his disciples, you would have to shout out, unclean, unclean, to let them know that you have this disease and that you could not be near them. And so people who had this terrible affliction, they would band together. And it didn't matter if you were a Samaritan and a Jew, even though they had those cultural and, and really some serious differences that go back hundreds of years, no, you would come together still because barriers were broken down. You had something in common, this dehilibating disease in common. And so you were not only cast off from family, you could not worship at all, and in fact you're considered dead, dead to society. And so that's the disease that you and I have though in terms of our sin. Because of sin, we are cast off from God's presence. We cannot be part of a perfect God and his life, a relationship with him, being imperfect ourselves. This disease of sin means we are unclean. We are people who are considered dead, and you can find words in Scripture to support that. We are dead in our sins, it says again and again. And so we have this incurable disease called sin. And people who are so proud to say, well, I don't have that, well, people who do declare that 
are going to be people who are not going to receive the promises of God in terms of healing, cleansing, forgiveness itself. These particular ten, they cried out to Jesus for mercy. And that's something that they did that was certainly right, to cry out for mercy. They knew who they were, unworthy people to be with the Lord. Yet they would cry out for help. They were helpless. Maybe they had no other choice, no other thing to do or try. And yet they cried out for mercy. And that's interesting right there that they would do that. But what is further kind of amazing to me is the faith which all ten had. All ten had faith. Notice that it says in Scripture that it wasn't that Jesus cured them and now they were healed and now they go to the priest. No, it said that they started running, they started moving to the priest. They started moving. What faith they must have had, because it doesn't say that they debated, like, why should we go to the priest now, who would now affirm that I'm cured, because I'm still, look at, I'm still ugly. I'm still horrible. I still have the disease. And so they initiated a run already to that priest, and along the way they were healed. That I find amazing. So they weren't thinking of themselves as being fools. They seemed to trust Jesus in what he was saying. And so they go to the priest because you've got to go through ceremonial washings now and therefore be declared healed and now restored back to family and a normalcy of life. But one, before he would do that, he was running, he had faith, but he realized, wait a second, this person, this almighty, the magnificent master who has healed me deserves some thanks and praise. And so he goes back. And he goes back, and now with a loud voice, a full voice, a healed voice, much less body, he gets down on his face and he worships Jesus and praises the Lord. He thanks Jesus. And so you see a person who recognizes where his blessings comes from and realizes that, yes, we need to be thanking this person, this individual who has done such a marvelous, wonderful thing. And what happens with him? Well, all ten were healed physically. But how many were healed spiritually? There's only one healed spiritually. There's only one who heard the promise from Jesus saying, your faith has made you well. In other words, salvation is yours. And remember, this one is a Samaritan. He's not one of the chosen ones of God, according to the Old Testament. Here is somebody who is a non-Jew, considered non-Jew now. All people can receive this marvelous gift of salvation from our Lord. And this gospel lesson shows that forth. And so now he has that wonderful gift, and he is truly restored to health in body as well as soul. And yet I wonder again about people like ourselves even, who wander on this earth, and we go about doing our thing in this crazy life, and we are running from here to there and doing all kinds of things, and yet the promise comes from the grace of God. 
what he says in his holy word and how many hear that. The promise comes from the mercy of God, the compassion of our Lord, which comes through sacraments. Yes, God through Jesus Christ gives us all and he is the one which our chief thanks is due. Because it's Jesus who's the one who ran to the cross. The one who ran to that cross eagerly, really, to die for you and me. He volunteered in this way, giving his life for us. He died so that we who are unclean in our sin could now become clean and become worthy because of what Christ has given. Jesus Christ died so that we might be cleansed fully cleansed, cleansed so that we might be restored to a spiritual health and relationship with our Lord and God. And that forgiveness then is ours. The mercy of God is ours because of what Jesus Christ has done. Ten men prayed. One man praised the Lord. And to praise the Lord actually means to acknowledge the attributes, the greatness of God. We use that term, praise the Lord, kind of loosely. It was actually in the first hymn. I hope you heard that and sung that very clearly. And so it is there. But praise the Lord is more than just a slogan. It's more than just that or a simple statement that we might say to somebody or acknowledge because something good happened. Praise the Lord is actually an action. It's an action which takes place. And so what we're saying here is that our thanks and praise to God is something continuous based upon our actions. We praise God and glorify his name, exalt who he is because of how we live our life as well as what we say in life. And so it's truly an attitude of gratitude. And that's the kind of life we should be living. This morning, maybe you had some uh, sausage and eggs. Anybody have sausage and eggs this morning? Have Jimmy Dean sausage this morning? Maybe if you did or will tomorrow, you'll also know that Jimmy Dean writes songs and did years ago. He was a Western country singer as well. And he co-wrote a song entitled Drinking From My Saucer. And I found that quite interesting. And one of the verses goes, Hey, Lord... Let me not gripe because of the tough rows I've had to hoe because I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup overflows. And there's the attitude right there. In other words, saying, man, and I know, your life's not easy, right? I mean, you have some tough things going on in there. And I know some of you well enough to know it's been very, very hard, some difficult, tough things. But when you think about it, the good outweighs the not so good. And therefore, our thanks goes to our Lord and God always. Which way are you running? May you always run and kneel at the feet of Jesus, to whom all thanks and praise belongs. Amen. We pray, Lord God, Heavenly Father, let us first thank you. Thank you for being the awesome God who out of mercy would give your life for us. For truly that salvation 
and that forgiveness is ours through the blood shed by Jesus. He was disfigured on the cross, and yet through that punishment, through that crucifixion, we have life and have complete health in Christ. And so may we always thank and praise you for that chief act of your love and then for all of the blessings that you give on a daily basis, even those that we forget about, we come and thank and praise your holy name. So bless us now, dear Lord, with that sense of security and love, knowing that you are with each of us now and always because it's in you and that we will run unto eternal life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.